What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I am joined by my co-host, Shelton's very own Tyler Pacholke. Before we start the show, we appreciate you all so much for listening. Be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Also, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review the show on whatever platform you're listening to us through. That really helps out as well. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on all social media platforms and follow us as well at The Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. On this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show, we'll talk about the Suns moving on to the Western Conference Finals as they await the winner of the series between the Clippers and Jazz. But they could be without Chris Paul and the Clippers are going to be without Kawhi Leonard for the foreseeable future as he deals with a knee injury. We'll also talk about what's going on in the Eastern Conference playoffs as Giannis crowned Kevin Durant as the best player in the world after KD put on a generational performance in Game 5 of the Nets series against the Bucks. All this and more on Episode 199 of the TSK Show, coming up right now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 199, one away from 200 of the Sports Kingdom show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. Joining me as always, Shelton's very own Tyler Pacholke. What's up, TP? How are you, man? Yeah, man. Sounds crazy to be at 199. I know. It's excited. uh, It's pretty surreal that uh, next week we will be celebrating episode 200 of the Sports Kingdom show. 100 doesn't seem that long ago. Honestly, to me, 100 seems like forever ago. But that I think that's just because of the pandemic elongated time for for everybody. Yeah, it just seems like episode one wasn't that long ago no that that i will say it 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 feels like it was just yesterday uh, we just started this whole this whole thing we've been in the 100s for a while now yes we have but uh speaking of the 100s you brought up ufc 196 when we were on episode 196 yes uh we had ufc what was it 290 or 263 this past weekend yep and obviously your favorite fighter nate diaz yeah my guy the the man the legend uh he put on a show just one of the most popular you know fighters in the game people come to people came to see him it it was clear he had a huge showing obviously the other guys are extremely talented he had belt fights after him so obviously people were excited to see you know high you know high quality fights but nate is the he's the show he's the ticket everybody wants to fight nate and he put on a show it was great you know um this was like this kind of fight is kind of just it it kind of encapsulates his entire career if you don't follow him very closely but um essentially what you know he's got he has a very average record you know if you were to look at his career record right he's won some he's lost some you would think this is not you know the john jones type of record the izzy uh adesanya type of record anderson silva 
Yeah. So the you know those guys have very like very very few losses, but what he hangs his hat on is he fights the best every time. So uh, he's fighting quality opponents constantly, and he never turns down a fight, no matter really who the opponent is. He doesn't turn down fights. He stays ready to fight, and uh, and ultimately he doesn't get finished. So, um, you know, with fighting, it's kind of a weird thing. It's like when you're standing at the end of the fight, and you're and you still got gas in the tank. Did you really lose that fight? Dude, he almost knocked him out with 40 seconds left, and yes. that was it was one of the most so that's why unbelievable I, things I'd ever seen because he almost got him. Yeah, he did. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, one more minute, two more minutes. I don't know if Leon would have lasted. Um, and Leon Edwards is the number three welterweight in the world. Yeah. So um, this guy's no joke. Uh, and and Nate went the distance. Nate's never been. He doesn't tap out. He doesn't get knocked out. Um, so he doesn't think he's ever actually lost. Like. Winning a decision, did you really lose when it's physically fighting? Dude, and he realistically, they they might have been able to give him that win because of what happened at the end of that fight. Well, just because it's like, you know, you have to have rules and kind of structure with how you score things and who wins and who loses. No, it was great for, for the sport of it. But when we're really talking about fighting as like the kind of just... No, two humans combating. Yeah, like to the primal thing <laughs> that it is. Like, did anyone really lose that fight? Right. No. No. You know, they fought. That's what happened. That you know, I think they both had their moments. Nate put on a great show. Yeah, it was. It was honestly the only fight of the night that I watched. There were there were good fights all the way through. Um, the belt fights didn't disappoint at all. I saw uh, Stylebender did win. So Brandon Marino um, got his revenge. Got his first belt. Mexican UFC first, champion. First pretty Mexican, set, pretty yeah. tight. And uh, and Izzy held on to his fight. And and uh, you know Vittori went the distance. So you know I think that he can hang his hat on that. Although he's probably never going to get a belt shot again until Izzy loses, which could be years. You know because he's lost to him twice now. Um, I don't think he gets another chance to fight for the belt for a long time. I'll ask you one more question about Nate, and then we got to get into everything going on in the NBA playoffs because there is a lot to to get into with all of that. Even though he, quote-unquote, lost the fight technically on his record, do mm -hmm. you think that fight gave him a better chance at getting another chance at the belt? Um, or does he want another no, chance at the belt even? Uh, yeah, see, so it's really like – uh, that's a tough question because I don't think his odds did change. I don't. He had a very slim chance at ever seeing a belt fight, just because Dane is not. Dane, he doesn't. He's not even ranked. You know, they. Yeah, rank, it's they not rank, like he's gonna pop into the top five rankings right now. Well, the it's like he he's hard. He's tough to rank. He moves around divisions. He's beaten top tier right, guys. Right. He doesn't he's turn down fights. He'll fight whoever and try it, and make it work. He's an anomaly to the sport. It really throws like. Him, if he would have, you know, if they would have gave the win to Nate and Leon loses, you know, it, it would have just messed up everything. Well, yeah, it changes uh, the whole landscape of the and division. And now Leon, get, because of that decision, is probably going to get um, Kamara Usman for a belt fight now. Oof. Well, so, like, that's one. what a win against Nate Diaz. And um, and one of the previews coming into the fight, an announcer said it. I, I, I forget what his name is, but this is pretty good. And he essentially said, if you fought Nate Diaz in your career, that was the biggest fight of your career. And, <laughs> Unless and you've won a belt, really. Well, no, he's saying if you fought Nate Diaz, yeah, that was that was the biggest fight. And he's talking show, money, the everything. Even oh, over, yeah. 
even over belt fights. But no, I don't think it changes his positive belt fight because I don't necessarily think he's in that conversation purely because it's too big of a risk for Dana. All right. Well, before we talk about what's going on in the NBA playoffs, I got to let you know that this episode of the Sports Kingdom show is sponsored by J Diamond Estates. For all of your real estate needs here in the Los Angeles area, contact Jacob Diamond at 818-451-8539, or you can check out his website, jdiamondestates.com, DRE number 020-68311. Come on, you're getting paid. Ask something. Final seconds. You take this and you burn it. Job's not finished. Job finished? I don't think so. So when you get done with this, you should be butt-ass naked. naked. So before we get into each individual series, a little bit of housekeeping first, Tyler. Uh, we didn't talk about it last week because there was, once again, a lot of stuff to talk about with the NBA playoffs because they've really lived up to the hype so far. But we uh, we sw- we kind of swept it under the rug, but LeBron is going to be switching his number to number six from 23 for the Lakers next year. And... Um, really i mean the only thing i make of it is it's just another way for uh him to make jersey sales and money through that and it's just another jersey to add to your collection yes it is (laughs) it's um it's yeah it's a there's a monetary motivation behind it and he's wearing six and looney tunes or uh, space jam excuse me yeah but also i think that uh it's another legacy piece you know these constant little chinks in his legacy just keeps building off of him, building off of him. More chapters in his book. More chapters in his book, exactly. He's already been number six. Um, you know, he, I think he he's got he's the kind of guy that goes back and forth on his decisions constantly. You know, <laughs> he just that's the kind of guy I think he is. You know, like he oh. acts in the moment. He went to Miami, goes back to Cleveland. <laughs> you took goes, the words right out of my mouth. I was just about to say he was in oh, Cleveland. He went oh, to Miami and then he went back to Cleveland. Twenty three to six. Back to 23, you know, back to six. It's, you know, he's got an opportunity now to kind of re- reinvent himself, um, dig dig in a little deeper. Can he make this last final run of his career? Um, if he can hang a championship in the number six uni, maybe he's got a six and a 23 hanging no, next to an eight and a 24. No, that's not happening. The, the Lakers will make him choose between one number if if he even gets – to have a jersey retired because i don't think he's gotten quite the the lakers credentials quite yet under on his resume to to have no, his jersey retired no but he's still wearing the uniform and he's still right rocking, exactly so. exactly um but I, i'm I, definitely not going to say it's out of the question it's lebron james we're talking about but genie bus said she he's a top five most influential laker of all time i understand that but that was off the top of the dome in the heat of it the may moment not it may not make se- it may not make sense but but if real- he wins a ring with number six, we could see those two numbers hanging the Raptors. I don't see it happening, Tyler. The only person that's going to have two numbers up there is going to be Kobe, and that's for the that's 20 nice, years of loyalty. It's a nice sentiment. It is. It's nice. It's, it's not going to happen. It's a nice sentiment. I, I I, don't know. You know, who knows? We'll see. 
I, I guess so. Especially if he racks off two. You know, he's what has he got? Two years left. Yeah, two years left on with Ant. Yes. So we could definitely see it. It's gonna be good. It's another piece of the legacy. This is what he's looking for. Is this conversation right here? I'll leave it at another chapter in his book. So, um, moving the tune, on. The Tune Squad stuff looks dope. By the way, I gotta I gotta say that <laughs> I'm super. <laughs> the I'm merch. Su- yep, the merch looks <laughs> awesome. I'm super excited for the uh, the movie. It comes out in July, right? I think so. Right. I think I think it's upon us. All right, it's coming up. So, all right, moving on. A uh, couple other housekeeping notes. Uh, obviously, as the playoffs have continued, more and more, more and more awards have been given out for the regular season. Earlier tonight, uh, here on Wednesday, June sixteenth, Lamelo Ball was awarded Rookie of the Year. I think that. Obviously, Anthony Edwards had a case for Rookie of the Year, especially with LaMelo Ball being injured and missing a good amount of time during the regular season. But the vote, the voting tallies came out, and LaMelo received 84 first-place votes, and Anthony Edwards only got 15. So, to me, what that tells me is LaMelo had Rookie of the Year locked up before his injury. I'm just glad that it. this is how it went down because so often – there a guy will get it you know or a guy won't get it because of an injury yeah. when it's like so clear yeah um that he was the best rookie yeah uh edwards had a case but it really wasn't a good one compared to to lamella when lamella was on the court he was the, hands down the best rookie he went from the bench to a starter and he upped every single one of his st- statistical categories his team had a chance to be in the playoffs. Minnesota was the worst team in the league. So it's yeah. one of the worst teams in the league and, behind and Houston. We or, see along it with Houston. more and more now, you know, um, with these monster rookie years, with these kids coming in prepared. But it really was one. I mean, he was on pace for one of the best rookie years ever. Yeah, so, he really was. Um, and he had to deal with, with everything right before his rookie year. You know, he had his life as a celebrity. Then he had the COVID. And he got through all of that kind of stuff and just came on. When it, when it came time to go on the court, man, the truth was there. He, he's the real deal. And it's another notch that LeVar can add to his belt because he called it before yeah. the season started. He was like, how do you get drafted to Michael Jordan and not win Rookie of the Year? Yeah. He, he guaranteed it. Yeah, well, his son could play. Yeah. He We've- deserves it. I'm glad that they got this one right. I'm glad that – they didn't overthink it yeah and be like well he was really good but he didn't you know no come on yeah and then anthony uh, Everts was not a better a better player this year than than lamello i completely agree and then also the nba all nba teams and nba all defensive teams were announced uh we'll start with the all nba teams uh tyler the first team was nikola jokic Giannis antetokounmpo Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, and Kawhi Leonard. I think they got this one right. Um, as far as the second and third teams, I think there definitely could have been some shuffling and maybe even some replacing because I definitely think there were some snubs to the all-NBA teams this year. But the second team was Chris Paul, Damian Lillard, Joel Embiid, Julius Randle, and LeBron James. The third team was Kyrie Irving, Bradley Beal, Rudy Gobert, Jimmy Butler, and Paul George. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that a we got to get rid of the positions, yes. which is what we've talked about for a while. Because yes. Embiid should be first team, 
You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, we talk, we got an MVP candidate on but, second team. Yes. But I think they're they're holding the injury uh, against him. But I think that's also why LeBron James is on the second team. Yeah, he missed a significant amount of time. But when he went out, LeBron James was probably the MVP front runner, and along and then, with Joel Embiid. I gotta have. I gotta take CP3 over Luca. I know Luca had an amazing year, um, but I gotta give CP3 first team. Even maybe even over Steph, like I, I feel like CP. Well, Steph, I think Steph been, and Chris Paul, I think were fringe MVP yeah. category or in yeah. the that discussion. Yeah. So Luca as a guard over CP three. Uh, I I would agree with you on that. If and, they're if they're saying the forwards are Kawhi and Giannis and then Jokic as the center. Yeah. That. Yep. Yeah, but I but I also think that Julius had a good case to be on first team. I think I, he was right there. Kawhi I think and Giannis, second team is perfect for Julius. I think Kawhi and Giannis got a lot of love for just being steady competitors for years. But Giannis, I think, had a, an had even a, better statistical category than last year, but it was the fatigue, the voter fatigue in terms of the MVP discussion. For so him. I definitely think that— So they like, had to give him first team. I definitely think that, you know, I, w- like, I would have— I think my top five guys were would be like Steph, CP3, Embiid, Jokic, and and maybe Giannis. Well, know? and then there's... but that's in a positionless scenario. Um, but as far as the third team goes, I feel like Russell Westbrook probably got snubbed. Devin Booker, Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, and uh, all and those Devin Booker's tough. I mean, he had a great year, but I don't know if I would give it to him over Brad Beal. True. Brad Beal had the... But I, I think... I think Well, I guess it's different because Paul George is a forward, but that's where I think the Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum discussion... <laughs> well, not Donovan Mitchell, but for sure Jason Tatum because Jason yeah, Tatum had a better tough, year man. than Paul guard, George. Guard has always been tough. There's always certified killers that are getting left off the guard list because you only get six of them. You know, the one and thing Luka, we did And Luca got... I mean, Luca damn near... I mean, Luca is a guard, but he's damn near Jack in a guard spot. Yeah. And you know the one thing we didn't do this year was our rankings of each position, and we kind of had gone away. Uh, the last time we did the rankings, we had gone away from the traditional uh, center, power forward, small forward, shooting guard, point guard position because of the conversations like this that we have had yeah. where we think the all-NBA team should be positionless, and it just should be the top 15 guys in the NBA. Yeah, because, yeah, there's there are some, you know, I know Jimmy and Paul George had a great year, but it's hard for me to believe there's not guys out there that don't that don't deserve it over those two right um and Kyrie like it's tough to take Kyrie off a list but I just feel like Russell Westbrook he averaged a triple double again I would and Kyrie missed time due to injury or he just decided he didn't want to play yeah so there those were definitely some of the the snubs I'm not really on the Booker one as much because I think Brad Beal is the right choice yeah Russell Russell Westbrook really was the big one uh big one for me Miles. the biggest implications though were jason tatum and donovan mitchell not making it and not qualifying for that rookie extension supermax tatum probably deserved it more so than mitchell mitchell mitchell's a i mean right he's, but he's I'm a, just, yeah i'm just talking about know. in terms of now the all nba te- teams, teams like dictate, having contract yeah. implications no, sure. but that's that's a huge part in it now which is why you know you shouldn't have uh, these people voting for people. Yeah, people's pay that that probably shouldn't be a thing, but it is. 
Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. But yeah, with they that. got pretty close, but I, I think there's some shuffling that could have been done. Yeah. And then, so the all defensive teams, the first team was Rudy Gobert, Ben Simmons, Draymond Green, Giannis, and Drew Holiday. I'm, I'm cool with that. Ben Simmons, yeah. Rudy Gobert, and Draymond Green were all in the defensive player of the year conversation. Giannis had a great defensive season, and Drew Holiday as well. I mean, he's, we talk about him as one of the most underrated players in the NBA, and that comes from NBA players themselves. So I think this is a, a way for him to get some just due. Um, and he played a, a pretty phenomenal season in his first season, uh, during the regular season at least, for the Bucks. And then the second team, Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, Joel Embiid, Matisse Tybel, and Kawhi Leonard. My only thing with the all-defensive team, Tyler, is the Lakers had the best defensive team all year and not a single player to yeah. represent them on the all-defensive team. But that's that's because of positions. Again, that's because of positions, know, and realistically, like, so it like, would have been AD and LeBron the Lakers, if they were healthy. The Lakers may have deserved a spot, but I don't necessarily think that Ant deserved a spot. No, over... Ant or LeBron didn't. But, I mean, guys yeah. like Caruso, KCP, yeah. they had yeah, great see, defensive seasons. They got that, some love in the voting, but they yeah. didn't end up ultimately getting enough it's tough with to it's tough it. with these guards. I, it just this these teams look like a bunch of forwards. I mean, the whole all NBA, the whole all defensive team list is forwards. Well, I don't think there's, there's positions one with guard. defensive team anymore. Now. There's one guard. I mean, Thibel plays Thibel plays the best perimeter players. He doesn't, you know, he's a big he's a big lanky guy. Jimmy he doesn't guard guards. He guards the best wing. Yeah, player. Drew's the only guard on here it's a weird list like uh dejounte murray i think for sure was a snub uh, yeah i think you could have put him over over tybal yeah and tybal comes off the bench i mean tybal i feel like was a reach yeah and i mean listen if defense is hard though because i know that like i don't have all these analytical analytical numbers that are in front of me that and that's I know all that i these, think defensive rankings are now it is it's unfortunate because the guy that goes out and guards the best guy every single night, they need to be given a little leeway, you know? Yeah, it's like, like they're going to, like, it's the NBA. Someone's going to get a bucket on them. Think but... of the 29 point guards DeJounte Murray had to guard every night. Yeah. You know, it's 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 a it's a tough assignment, so. Um, and then defense, try and lead an offense on the hard, other end. Yeah, defense is hard to to judge. Just spitballing and talking about this. It'd be nice. Maybe you could do like two front court. So well, I think we four, need a, so I think we need a third centers. defensive team if there's going to be a third All NBA team. Yeah, you could you could easily do that, but um, I mean, two teams is pretty good. But like you know, to combat this position thing, it's like, what if you had two front courts, so front forwards or or centers? You had two back courts, so guards, and then just a fifth. Just a, it could a be flex. anything. You know, you could have. Embiid and still get Jokic. You could have. You I don't could, think Jokic will be making any all defensive teams Steph, anytime soon. You could have, or or, but I mean, even for all NBA. Yeah, you yeah, know, no, you, I feel all you. NBA could have Steph, Luca, and CP3. Right. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that could be a good good way to counter it. But it sucks that a lot of this stuff comes down to positions. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's there's always going to be the debates on who was snubbed and and who wasn't, mm -hmm. but. It's, I mean, it is just, it is what it is at the end of the day. It's too, it's too bad we can't have some FBI investigation on, you know. Well, the, vo the votes are made public now. But, but why, you know? Like, yeah, what, like what are you reasoning. looking at? Where, where's your notes? 
What what data were you judging this <laughs> off? What games did you watch? Yeah, I mean, hey, Mark I wish we smart. I wish know? we could have a vote. Maybe one day. Uh, we get a vote. Fans get a vote. Not in this. Not in all NBA. No. Not in MVP either. They did get a vote in MVP. No, they did not. Yep, we voted for Derrick Rose. <laughs> Derrick Rose got one one MVP vote. That was, was some writer in New York. Huh? That was some writer in New York. I don't think so. No, I, th- it I was. think it was fan voting on NBA.com. No, there's no fan voting for MVP, Tyler. Are you sure? I'm. I mean, I'm. I thought because they because the way that they like set it up, I was like, damn, that's like the dopest thing I've ever heard. That the fans got one vote and they voted. Wait, what? For Derrick Rose. I'm uh, okay. I'm right, huh? You are right. I'm looking at this Sam Quinn article on CBS. Next, Derrick Rose received first place NBA vote, which came from fans per report. Uh, it's like one of 100. So we get like one. Per, are the, all of the fans in the world get one vote? You know? What the hell? I didn't even see this. Yeah, because you cannot be a professional sports writer and vote Derrick Rose as the MVP and keep your fucking job. No, there are spiteful sports writers, Tyler. You know that. Okay, well, you're you're definitely not getting a vote the next year. <laughs> You've got to be taken off. That's unreal. I didn't even know this was a thing. I mean, that's just a legendary... That's a legendary uh, notch on D-Rose's belt, too. Yeah. Motherfucking people's champs. <laughs> I mean, that's the definition of the people's champ. Well, I think two two factors. One, it was an up, uh, it was like an up in the air year. There wasn't a clear guy. Yeah, well, that was for and sure. And number a fact. two, he's got New York City and Chicago. So like, you and got, he was back with Tibbs, and Tibbs was the well, coach of the well, year. Well, just like voting numbers, you know what I'm saying? Like he's got he's got two of the top five markets in the world. Yeah. Bas- basketball American and basketball markets. We know how crazy the, Knicks fans are. Yeah. So, you know. That's how it happened. That's crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, enough about all of that housekeeping because we need to get to the present day, Tyler, because it's, I mean, this morning, I, I'm not, I can't remember if you were really into Game of Thrones or not, but no. all right. So this, this reference will fall deaf on your ears, but maybe someone out there will get it because <laughs> this morning felt like the Red Wedding with. I know what that is. Okay. All right. Yeah. Perfect. So yeah, that's yeah. what this morning felt like with the NBA because I think it's been like a three day kind of onslaught with that stuff. Yeah, it's just been unbelievable. But we'll we'll get to to Kawhi and Which Chris we, Paul individually when we talk about the series. We'll talk about the injuries overall as a conversation in a second. But I want to first get to the other news that broke this morning: Stan Van Gundy fired in New Orleans. And Scott Brooks and the Wizards not being able to come to an agreement on a contract extension. So Brooks won't be returning as coach in D.C. for next season. Um, I mean, Zion Williamson is now going to be on his third coach in three years once they hire a new coach. There is clearly a lot of dysfunction going on in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And then Scott Brooks being let, I mean, let go essentially in D.C., I think that was kind of surprising given the way the season ended with them making that push into the playoffs through the play-in game and him and Russell Westbrook having a connection from Oklahoma City 
Obviously, he had been there for a few years already with Bradley Beal. I just, I know we kind of talked about him being potentially on the hot seat if they didn't perform well in the playoffs, but I think it was just kind of surprising with yeah. everything else going down this morning as well. Yeah, I like one. I, I I like one. I don't like the other. Stan Van Gundy. I actually really like Stan Van Gundy. I'm a very I'm a big fan of the Pelicans. Um, and uh, I just felt like if you're not even in the top 10 playing scenario, I don't care if it was one, one year uh, when you got a young core with a couple all-stars like New Orleans, you got to You got to find the right guy now. For sure. Um, so unfortunately, he's got to be out. They underperformed like crazy this year. Um, they have one of the best young cores in the NBA, you know, two NBA all-stars. How many teams have two all-stars on their team? Yeah. Um, so Especially I'm, that young of all-stars. Yeah. So I'm down um it does suck that zion's going through kind of the baker mayfield uh coaching. oh god that's a horrible comparison coaching carousel. and i mean horrible horrible as in like that sucks, sucks. for zion yeah. it's a great comparison but that, but, that but, sucks for but zion. what i was gonna say I'll, i will couple it with i didn't agree with the browns i do agree with what the pelican you know yeah. like i do uh, agree I with you. the reasoning for and sure basketball is not as complicated to like it's not as important you know it's not as hard to get on the same page yeah you know what i mean Definitely. like with an nfl offense compared to playing basketball like there's a lot of like basic... sometimes the coach in basketball is all you really need yeah and it's and it's about motivation and basics there's not a lot of like you know there are set calls but anyways you know down with svg uh leaving um scott brook so definitely think that that was a uh, a miss a miss uh a mishandling by washington yeah especially if washington decides to keep bradley beal because i think he's going to be the center of trade talks this offseason and he should be you know and and they should and what sucks is like i would have liked scott brooks to be in washington if they don't have brad beal because yeah see what what he can do with something else i think that scott brooks is one of the best in the nba at developing talent i mean he's the guy that had the young kd james harden yeah russell westbrook you know um, I think those those that, those Thunder teams kept hitting on young guys while he was there, um, and they have you know they have a Denny, they have a Rui, they have you know, they have some young pieces. Uh, Thomas Bryant coming back from ACL, and so also you know coupled with they had Rui, Denny, and Thomas Bryant all dealt with injuries this year. Yeah, I mean that's a lot of talent that you don't have on the court that you probably should have. Um, and they have two superstars on their team. So it just, I felt like Scott Brooks would have been good for them if they, you know, trade Brad Beal and they bolster that young core that they have even more so. Or if they keep Brad Beal and Russell Westbrook and run it back. Yeah. You know, I think that that team is good enough to make the playoffs. I picked them to be a top eight team in the East this year. Um, obviously, they got off to a horrible start, but I think Scott Brooks was a mistake. They should have they tried to make that happen. Yeah, I saw some quotes from the GM in Washington on Twitter earlier today basically saying that it was it was really a hard decision to to basically not come to an agreement with Scott Brooks on a contract extension. I guess him and Scott Brooks had developed a very close personal relationship and so obviously that's where the the business aspect of it really had to come into play yeah. and it's yeah. like we we got to do what's best for the franchise. So it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens in both New Orleans and Washington as they are they are two more destinations now on the coaching carousel yeah. for this offseason. I think, I think yeah, I think New Orleans is looking for the guy to win tomorrow 
and and Washington's got to find the guy that I feel like they got to go with the young guy, and and that's going to develop their young talent because this seems like a move that's preceding a Russell Westbrook and a Bradley Beal trade. Yeah. Now the other big news, aside from all of the injury stuff, the Mavericks they fired their GM Donnie Nelson after 24 years with the team after a bombshell article that came out earlier this week from the Athletics' Tim Cato talking about a bunch of front office dysfunction in Dallas. And um, I saw a report that Bob Volgaris is also out in Dallas. I, I haven't seen that confirmed by any uh, major, source, uh, major outlets, um, but I saw uh, that Kevin O'Connor had said something on some, I think it was like some like Spotify audio room or something like that, where uh, Bob Volgaris is also out in Dallas. And uh, Volgaris is the Mavs director of quantitative research and development. But in Tim Cato's athletic article that came out earlier this week, Cato made it seem like Volgaris has a very strong voice in the Mavericks front office. And Donnie Nelson did not like that. I don't think they had the same philosophical ideas um, as far as basketball and the, the direction that the Mavericks franchise wants to go. So Mark Cuban came out and said that Tim Cato's article was complete bullshit. But now, two days later, or a day later, the Mavericks are firing their GM and um, quite possibly Vulgaris could be out of the front office as well. So it could be a whole clean sweep in the front office. Michael Finley has emerged as I think is a potential uh, front runner to to run the Mavericks basketball operations going forward. That's according to I believe Mark Stein from from the New York Times. So we'll we'll see what happens in Dallas. Um, I mean, Luka Doncic he's in Slovenia. Mark Jones or Mark Spears, excuse me, was on the jump this morning and he said that Luka's going to come out tomorrow in Slovenia uh, as he's getting ready for the Olympics with the national team. And he's going to make a statement about Donnie Nelson being fired because Donnie Nelson had scouted Luca since he was 14. They have apparently had a very good relationship and Luca's not happy about this firing. And uh, Mark Spears also said that Luca and the Mavs contract extensions, they're, they're basically non-existent right now in terms of talks about his rookie contract extension. Cause Luca's up for a $200 million plus extension. Yeah. So, uh, there's Luca's, a Luca's getting it. Well, yeah, I think Luca's ultimately going to sign a lot, the extension, a lot but this, then he's going to ask yeah, for a trade. A lot of this, you have to remember, Cuban's a businessman. Yeah, for he's sure. A basketball fan. Um, it's and to to I know this is a serious thing because the word "fired" is in there. I mean, Don Nelson separating from the Dallas Mavericks, you would assume would be one of the more respectful separations to go down because yeah. well of and i think history. you're also i think you're also confusing this donnie nelson with don nelson the coach yeah so they're they're two different people but isn't this like his uh, uh no i don't think they have any relation are you sure i yeah i was like looking it up earlier like i i'm pretty yeah, sure they don't it, have any relation uh, okay well then yeah i definitely did think that it was uh it was no i can tell nelson. by the way you were saying it yeah and, don and nelson listen, person but when i when i first heard the news too i was like wait a second don nelson's been the gm i was like for the last 24 years but no he's we believe Gold, he was the coach of we believe he's and been all. in golden state yeah so yeah but he was i mean he but he was 
a Mavericks. I mean, he was a Mavericks guy. Yeah, no, he's been with the organization for 24 years. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I guess this is. Oh, he is the son. He is the son of okay. head coach. Okay. Yeah, I, knew. I missed that. I knew it. I, I literally thought I was losing my mind. I missed that part of the, this the, the Wikipedia. the second thing today that I thought I was losing my mind. <laughs> I'm glad. Yeah. So, See, this, but, is, why, but that's this why, is why I like to double check things live on the show, guys. But that's why it. I mean, but that's why the fired word, like, that doesn't happen with this fam, you know, this name and this organization. Like, yeah. No, Don, they have a good rapport. Don, Don, Don Jr., uh, you know. <laughs> uh don jr getting separated by the mavericks is a different tone than fired so obviously there was some phys- philosophical basketball stuff going on it was well, about and- how we we're going to build this team because i feel like luca there this team is so like focused on luca right now you know what i mean we have to we have to like get luca wrapped in for the next haul and get a championship with him we we blew it with nash um, we got lucky with Dirk at the end, but the last ten, since they won the championship, um, it's been like seven first round exits and three missed playoff appearances or something like that for Dallas. Yeah, that's not good. And and re- really, a lot of people were talking about should the Mavs fire Rick Carlisle, and I think this move says that Rick Car- Carlisle's job is safe, and they're gonna really more change the front office. Yeah, and I think player the- di- player personnel and development direction. Rick Carlisle probably is like in the middle where it's like he's going to coach the team from a motivational management style like he always has. It he's not he doesn't give a shit who you give him. Yeah. He's not going to be the one building the roster. He doesn't care if you want to play small ball or big ball. He's a basketball guy. Yeah. Um he can win with both. He's won with he's won with big lineups, small lineups, up tempo, slow it down. Um they're just this is a, a weird time for the Mavericks, but I think it's Cuban running this thing like a business and and looking into the future and the style of play and wanting to surround Luca with a certain type of basketball roster and style and philosophy and yada yeah. yada yada. And I think I think ultimately Luca does sign the extension with Dallas, but I think if they don't make some serious changes to the roster to help bolster what their deficiencies were and have been in the postseason the last two years i think luca will be demanding a trade in the very near future well i mean Kristaps ain't done shit either that was i mean he he's a he was a guy where it was like this is a match made in heaven this is we, they've got two superstars well and apparently and there's this, tension between them as well they don't really get along yeah, as, so as most people thought they would dallas is the best i mean dallas is a franchise that's going to take care of you if i'm luca i've got a i've i would settle in in dallas you know, I would uh, I would trust that the organize the organization of Dallas is going to bring me what I need. Yeah. Now, all right. I know I said that uh, before the show, Tyler. I'm I'm talking to you directly, uh, not really to the audience right now. I know we said we were going to talk about the Eastern Conference first. Yeah. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna call an audible live and say we're going to talk about the West uh, and what's going on in the Western Conference playoffs in the NBA currently first. Because we got to talk about the injuries, and and that's, um, really, I mean the 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 main focus of all of the drama this morning was the news coming out so early in the morning that one Kawhi Leonard has a knee injury that turned out to be an ACL injury that we don't know the extent of, and and we really aren't going to know the extent of for the next 
uh, 24 to 48 hours because they're waiting for the swelling to go down to get another image of the knee to see how severe this ACL injury is. And they've ruled him out completely for the jazz ser- the rest of the jazz series. Um, and then obviously Chris Paul being put in the health and safety protocols for the Phoenix Suns. And now it's unknown how long he will miss and how much of the Western Conference Finals and potentially the rest of the playoffs, uh, how much he will miss of that. So um, we can start with the Clippers. Um, and really, well, before we talk about the series, I want to talk about the the injury conversation overall in the playoffs, uh, Tyler, because, I mean, let me just go through the list of all-stars that have missed time during the these playoffs. James Harden. Anthony Davis, Donovan Mitchell, Mike Connolly, Jalen Brown didn't even play a second so far in these playoffs or while the Celtics were were in the playoffs. Joel Embiid, Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, and we don't know how many games Chris Paul will miss. Kawhi Leonard has didn't play in game five and, like I said, has been ruled out for the rest of the Jazz series for the Clippers. But, I mean... We've talked about it numerous times since the pandemic hit and all of these changes were made to the NBA calendar and schedule. But we knew it was going to be a recipe for disaster trying to squeeze in this 72-game regular season and then the playoffs in enough of a window to make sure that the Team USA for the Olympics could field NBA players. Yeah, well, it was all, I mean, it was all fucked when you tried to rush it. <laughs> you know, we, the original thing was just like, man, if you try to save one season, the ripple effect, it's like going to be a year or two. So, you know, if you try to get this season in, then it's going to push back year two. I did the and math get, and this get morning, year Tyler. Two, get pushed in, it's going to affect year three. Um, yeah, I mean, injuries are important or are unfortunate. They happen. Um, but obviously more rest and a more normal schedule you would think is going to kind of affect health. Like you would think that people would be more healthy, more prepared, more rest, rested, limber, more abilities to recover, but you just don't know. I mean, they're unfortunate how they come when they come. Yeah, no, but I mean, I did the math earlier today. So there was obviously a 71 day off season as we, as we've talked about a bunch between there there were 71 days between the end of the finals last year and the start of the regular season this season and so I did the math this morning because there were some rumored dates that Shams put out uh, a couple of days ago about when next season will will start and as 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 the NBA starts to get next year's calendar ready but he said that they're shooting for the regular season to start on October 19th next year game seven of the NBA finals is scheduled for july 22nd i did the math that's 89 days in between the end of the finals this season and the start of next season so it's not as small of a window but it's still not the normal window so like we said back when the bubble was decided and and when the the calendar was set for this season like we said the bubble's ramifications were going to affect not just this season but they're now going to affect next season as well yeah and you know and like it'll be good that 
because I think that that October date is right. That's now a natural date. That's what it used to be. Right so, now we're back to the October to June. So but... year three, you know, if you want to talk about it in a pandemic, like right year three post bubble yeah. is when we should get back on track. Year three A A C after Corona. <laughs> uh, year three A C is going to be back on track schedule wise, but we'll see if the fatigue is still from year two you know like right it's still not the full off season so really year four will be the first year year four ac well, will no, be the I first think... year that you you're on a regular schedule and you had a regular off season yes yeah so okay, that's you fair. know so truly yeah that year three's implications won't be as bad i mean year year one it completely fucked up year two it obviously had some sort of effect um and i would even go as far as to say in a major way and then year three we'll get back on it but the rest still really won't be there it was a big it was a big decision to make that bubble happen it was a money decision to make that to make this season happen at least forget the bubble it sucks i mean for Kawhi, you know it sucks on an individual basis like all this stuff it doesn't make it not even on an individual basis a a collective basis i see the collective basis but it's like any one of these guys it could have happened you know what i mean well yeah but it sucks i'm saying on a collective basis not just for each individual player but for the league for the fans for everybody because we don't get to see the best of the best in the playoffs and that's what it's about no and 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 it does that 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 part sucks but um you know we just you just never know you we can't predict why injuries happen um but it does make a lot of sense it's it's that's the Kawhi one is tough yeah no it it really is especially given his history as well and and so i mean the clippers they're they're currently down 62 to 56 with about two minutes left in the first half and um i guess we'll just move on now to talk about each individual series in the playoffs but even though the clippers find themselves down right now in game five in utah they were able to win both games in Los Angeles after falling down 0-2 to the Jazz after the first two games in Utah. The Clippers, they really made a statement in games three and four, I think, in my opinion. They won game three, 132-106, to and then they jumped out to a 30-13 to lead after the first quarter in game four. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, they combined for 65 in game three, and then they had 31 points each in game four. That was a 118-104 victory in Game 4 for the Clippers. The Jazz, they cut the lead late uh, in the 4th to 10, but the Clippers were able to hold on. Marcus Morris in um, Games 3 and 4 in L.A., he was 12 of 15 from 3, so he was huge for for the Clippers. Luke Kennard has been really impactful for them as well since not playing in the first two games of the playoffs, but coming into Game 5 tonight, he was shooting 50% from three and 60% from the field after not playing in those first two games against the Mavericks. So, I mean, and, and since those two and since those two games, what are they like six and three? Yeah, they, they had definitely have a winning, so pers- a winning percent. A, uh, well, they definitely winning they lost those first two games. Yeah. So, but, you know, they definitely, uh, but shout out Ty Lou for making, Hey, I mean, Kennard, he's two for four tonight and a hundred percent from the field from three. So, He's two of two from three, two of four from the field. He's got six points. So it, it really do, it sucks that you know Kawhi's out because I think Kawhi takes away their their ability to be a serious threat. You know, 
to, well, win, and, to win it all. They're playing really well right now. It's a close game. I would love to see the Clippers get a win. You know, Paul George, man, it's like, well, Paul I'll, George, you win two games out of the next three. You and know, you get you, that monkey off your back realistically. Not only do you get your monkey off your back, you get a monkey off the Clippers' back. That Like, you all of a sudden went from a guy that is just known for being a bad playoff performer to the guy that got the that like all all the, everything was dark it looked like it was the worst of the worst and you come and you get the clippers further in the playoffs than they've ever been well it's looking good for him right now even though they're down five he he's has got his he chance has 22 to, points right now nine of 14 from the field so he's, he's playing well he's got his chance to become like everybody forget about the playoff p shit and and he's got a chance to really um kind of shut people up and, and really take his career and his legacy up a notch like to be the guy to get the clippers there would be big time for him especially to do it without Kawhi. what i think gives the clippers i think the best chance not only besides paul george playing well is the fact that ty Lu has been one of the best coaches at being able to adjust yeah. in these playoffs playing guys like luke Kennard when he hadn't been playing yeah. and putting him in those types of scenarios. Batum. In the series, yeah, Batum as well. In this series specifically against the Jazz, sitting a guy like Rajon Rondo who wasn't playing like the playoff Rondo everybody was expecting him to play like and putting him in for a guy like Patrick Beverly to kind of muck, it up, muck up the game a little bit and be a pest against yeah. Donovan Mitchell. I mean, Patrick Beverly had four blocks in game, uh, no, game four. Is, you got to use your roster and you can't question your – you know you can't question anything like if you're not feeling rondo don't play rondo rondo is going to be ready to go if you need to play chris paul in the next round you know what <laughs> i'm saying but but i mean it's just like those are that's not easy to do um it's no not and, and tyloo's had the balls to, to make those moves the balls to do it um i think tyloo has done an amazing job in these nba playoffs at adjusting are you know arguably some of the best adjusting in in the league it would be I would love to see the, you know, I thought I rode with the Clippers this whole way. I thought they were Western Conference finals all year long. Um but man, it's gonna be tough to beat the Jazz twice in three games. Yeah, especially especially without Kawhi. And I mean Like just, with Kawhi it would have been tough. So without Kawhi, it's gonna be really hard. But they definitely have I mean, they have a good roster of basketball players. They have a lot of different things. Another that they guy that stepped up for them is Terrence Mann, which is why you know it's good that Ty Lue's trying different things because you've got different things to try out. Yeah, now, no Ibaka, no yeah, Kawhi. Losing Ibaka for the rest of the season when he was supposed to be such an integral part of this supposed team to replace Trez, you know, which is a huge ask. And it, it's very interesting how Trez and Serge Ibaka didn't really have the same impacts in the playoffs that Surge both should have been a Lakers. well could have been it could have been better for everything those are conversations for another no day. but yeah i'm yeah i'm just as a you know but they had they had a good thing going with their roles and and they tried something new it didn't work out year one yeah now last thing about Kawhi before we talk about the jazz in in, in this uh series i just Everybody, I think anybody that listens to this show or anybody that knows me knows how much I love to pick on the Clippers. And somebody, uh, Michael Crozier, who works at KFI with me, he's a big Clipper fan. He's he's one of the news anchors at KFI. He asked, he's a big Clipper fan, and he was just like, just say you hate the Clippers. And I was like, no, I don't hate the Clippers. 
I hate I hate true rivals of my teams like the Celtics and the Giants, but the Clippers, they're just like that annoying younger brother you like to pick Because they're on. a Los Angeles team. This is an L.A. Clippers. It has nothing to do with them being from Los Angeles. They're just not a rival of the Lakers. No, but I think so that, that's why that's the difference between the in-state San Francisco Giants yeah. and the the great legacy of Lakers and Celtics. Like, Well, the Dodgers and the Giants difference is there, probably just as historic as Celtics. Yeah, but, but yeah, on a rivalry basis in right. L.A., not in the sports yeah yeah basis but yeah you know what i'm saying like it's not your rival but it's like a it's a home team but what i'm getting it's legitimately at is a home team what i'm getting at is but it's also a rival no they're not a rival the clippers are not the lakers rival but what i'm getting at is i don't hate the clippers and i i truly feel bad for Kawhi. and it if the clippers do lose this series and not make it out of the second round once again it's just not going to feel the same I wouldn't feel bad for Kawhi. He don't give a fuck. He, he's no. I, I, feel, I don't think. I think he could go. He's so unpredictable. He could go. He could come back with the Clippers. He could leave the Clippers. Well, that's not like, the biggest question mark. Yeah, is what Kawhi's, happens to Kawhi's Kawhi's Whatever free Kawhi does is good. He's going to change the NBA. But if he has a torn ACL, like a fully torn ACL, he's now out ne- all of next year. Let's be real here. No. No. You don't think Kawhi doesn't take it as precautiously as possible? He could, but um, he could, but I don't think you need to whole year is a long time for an acl now look at what happened with kd last year he didn't play all last year but he he he, he could have came back if he wanted to yeah but i think Kyrie being down had some to do with that and, the, and it's all gonna depend on if Kawhi is a clipper or not i think yeah exactly so Kawhi is unpredictable all i know is i don't know what Kawhi's is gonna do no one does but yeah i mean he he's uh I feel bad for him in the sense that, yeah, I don't want to see any superstars have injuries in the the prime of their careers. Yeah, but all right, the Jazz obviously I think are by far and away now the favorite to win this series, especially if they win tonight and only have to to win one more game and they have a game seven at home in Utah with that crowd. But in game four, even in the loss, Donovan Mitchell played phenomenally. He tied the franchise record of six straight 30-point playoff games with 37 points in Game 4. That's obviously another Carl Malone record that he's tying for the franchise. But one of the things that I think the Jazz have really been missing is Mike Connolly, and he hasn't played at all this season. So I'm interested to see if the Jazz move on what happens with Mike Connolly and if he plays against the Suns. Yeah, I mean, if he's yeah, he's he's, he's dealing one. with a hamstring too. Yeah, he's he's a weird one. Obviously, if he's got any sort of gas, he's gonna he's gonna put himself out on the floor and risk you know injury just because of this stage of his career and the stage of this team. But yeah, it sucks that Mike Conley finally made the move from Memphis, got into a great like spot with the Jazz. They were ready to go. Um, and he's just been riddled with injuries the two years he's been in Utah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's going to be... But but fortunate enough for the Jazz, he doesn't kind of... I don't think he changes their chances of being a contender or not. If yeah, they, I if mean... If they have Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, they have enough pieces and support. Those are their those superstars. At this point, I think Conley is just a support piece. Yeah. I just I, a good one, but 
a it's very a, good one. A good one, but uh, you know, a guy like Bogdanovich, Clarkson, Conley, like I think they all have a good part of the team. But let's be honest, they need Donovan Mitchell as their closer and Gobert as their anchor. Yeah, and I mean, listen, I got to give the Clippers credit. They've done a great job at going small, and this goes to Ty Lue's adjustments to kind of play, not not play around Rudy Gobert, but you know what I'm saying, like try and get around him to yeah, not he make doesn't him a like, factor. He does not want to be out at the three-point line. Not at all. He doesn't want to not be at all. He doesn't want to be guarding Marcus Morris. He doesn't want to be guarding Nick Batoon. You know what I mean? So that, those are good ways to combat what he's doing. Yeah. Now, so the winner of that series, uh, I think we think it's going to ultimately end up being the Jazz, especially if they win tonight. It is uh, officially 65 to 60 at halftime. The Jazz lead in game five in Utah. But the winner of that Clippers Jazz series, they will face the Phoenix Suns after the Suns swept the Denver Nuggets on Sunday night in a 124 118 game four victory. Suns in four. Sons and four. That video, Tyler. Sons and four, baby. <laughs> Did you see that Devin Booker tried to get in contact with that guy? No, nah, but that guy's going to be. So He's going to be taken care of. Well, listen to this. Devin Booker tried to get in contact with him, but apparently he had sent Devin Booker a DM that night, and Devin just obviously didn't see it until afterwards, and he reposted it once he saw it. But the message he basically sent to Devin Booker was like, Yo, Devin, like, I don't know if you saw the video that went viral tonight. Like, I'm sorry for making Suns fans, like, look like heathens, but I was, it was in self-defense. Like, I was just trying nah, to defend he, myself he kind every, of thing. He had every right to do what he did. Oh, for sure. But then I saw that Dave Portnoy from Barstool interviewed the guy, the the Suns and Four guy. Barstool made three t-shirts, and they're going to split the profit from the t-shirts 50-50 with the guy. Yeah, so he's made. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah, it's 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 honestly a like it's a great story, man. It's never a great look when fans are fighting in the stands, no, but this a, has turned into a pretty cool story. No, it's not, but it's also like when you see it on film, you see like, yeah, it was a tussle, but the other kids were being jackasses and for and sure. The other dudes asked for what they got. Yeah. And apparently they were like pouring beers on the guy like right beforehand and that wasn't caught on video. So he Yeah, was, well, and he's in hostile territory, right? This was Yeah, this was in Denver. This was in Denver, so it's like Dude, homie's got to do what he what he did, and, and he he's a legend, man. Yeah, I but... got your I got your homie, sons and four. <laughs> just if you haven't seen that video, just type in sons and four on the internet, and it will pop up. I guarantee it. But anyway, like like I was saying, in game four, when the when the Suns swept the Nuggets, that fight in the stands happened in game three. But um, in game four, Chris Paul had thirty seven points, seven assists. On 14 of 19 shooting, didn't take a single three. So that was uh, very interesting. Obviously, probably still dealing with the effects of that shoulder. Uh, but Devin Booker also added 34 points of his own and 11 rebounds. I saw somebody tweeted, death, taxes, CP3 for the mid-range. I mean, that's a pretty good one. Yeah. It's a pretty good one. Uh, I said on Twitter after the, the Suns won that I definitely underestimated this Suns team coming into the playoffs. And as much as it hurt to watch the Suns team beat the Lakers this season, the Suns as a team have not only been really fun to watch during the playoffs, but they've also been really fun to watch as a whole throughout the season. There, There's a reason they were the number two seed in the West. And while a lot has to do with their talent and coaching, 
they also have the lack of health of their two opponents in the postseason to thank as well. And we all know we wouldn't be sitting here with the Suns in the Western Conference Finals if the Lakers or Nuggets were fully healthy. And like I said, don't get me wrong. Yeah, but they've also dealt with the CP3 injury right. and now COVID. Right. COVID. They now have to deal with that. And, and like I said, don't get me wrong. The Suns are a very talented group and deserve to be where they are. But I just saw after that game four victory and the sweep of the Nuggets, before the CP3 COVID stuff, I just saw a lot of Suns run the West energy from Suns fans on Twitter. And I just was like, hold on, you need to slow down a bit. Hey, they are, they dominated that second round. I mean, no, it they was, did. It wasn't even close. Um, and they, they had a good, good year. Are they a team that, you know, they're, they're just a little young. That's why people, Kind of like, are they? But really we know if the good, Lakers you know, were healthy, like, they wouldn't have even been in a first round matchup against the Suns. And we knew the Nuggets weren't going to be the same team without Jamal no, Murray. No, so, but I mean, with the Lakers, it's like they wouldn't have played them in the first round if the right. Lakers were healthy. So I can you know, and CP3 is hurt. And now, you know, CP3 is going to miss time. It's, you know, they've got things working against them as well. Yeah. And I mean, I had this whole thing to to talk about CP3 claiming he was this uh this had like this crazy underdog story but he realistically was the number two point guard in his class and was mcdonald's all-american like he tried like at jp61 j underscore p619 on twitter said that Kawhi leonard has the actual story that chris paul was trying to sell to all of us after that game four victory yeah but Kawhi leonard is six eight no, I get you know, that. You know I get I mean? that. Chris Paul does have a chip on his and shoulder. And I was he does have a chip on because his shoulder. Because he's complete he has a chip on his shoulder from the physical standpoint. So like people are always gonna and then it's like every step of the way in his career, outside of his early years in New Orleans, he's been essentially kind of cursed. Disrespected. I don't even want to say cursed because well, he's had some very most, bad luck in the playoffs. Most people don't have a ton of good luck in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's not a t like there's well, the and greats, that's, that's but, why I was saying I had this like basically prepared yeah, that I wanted to go he, in on him on that, but it, it, because of this chip, COVID stuff, it's yeah, like I've his like, chip on his shoulder is is I mean he was sent to, he was cast out to die in Oklahoma City. Yeah, you know the Clippers or the he chose well, to he chose to play. This was his Rogers on, revenge year. He put on the Clippers uniform for a reason. You know what I mean? He he chose to be to play for a franchise that's known as losers. You're gonna have a chip on your shoulder when you come out and compete for a franchise that's known as losers. And they were a good team. And he's known and as a feisty never got player respect. to begin they with. They never got respect for it, and he's feisty because he has to. I mean, he's playing against giants. He's a small person. All right. Well, anyway, he's got to deal with the health and safety protocols now because I, I I haven't seen any confirmed reports other than from John Gambadoro, who's a Phoenix Sports Talk radio host. He said that CP3 tested positive for COVID-19, but I haven't seen it been reported anywhere else, kind of similar to what happened with the Mavs and Bob Volgaris and Kevin O'Connor saying it on that Spotify audio room or whatever. But it is undetermined how long chris paul is going to be out we don't know when this series is starting and so realistically the suns are hoping for a seven game series in the clippers jazz to elongate the process as much as possible so that chris paul doesn't miss as as uh, doesn't miss a lot of time so it's i mean 
the Suns, they are in quite the predicament right now. But I think that Chris Paul being the one that is out isn't as detrimental for the Suns as Kawhi Leonard being out for the Clippers is. Yeah. No, he's not because Kawhi is their number one. He, he, like, Right. And, you know, CP3 is their number one, but but it's like they have they have he's not their number one he's their leader Devin Booker is their number one yeah yeah but it's like even like if you had a healthy Chris Paul and Devin Booker is out the Suns are still better than the like the Clippers without Kawhi yeah I mean the Clippers without Kawhi I don't think are as good of a basketball team as the Suns without Booker Kawhi is just holds such a I mean he's everything for that team that makes it work you know yeah and so I mean listen all the best wishes to to Chris Paul because I mean this is obviously a very scary scenario because it's I mean I just didn't think we would be dealing with this type of stuff anymore. No, to be perfectly honest. No, it's 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 a little weird. It's uh, surprising too that he wasn't vaccinated. You know. Well, I NBA saw guys. another I saw another tweet from this John Gambadoro guy saying that he was vaccinated. Yeah, which is a whole other set of scariness. Right, and so it. I don't know what's going to happen, but I mean, as another thing with the Suns, I do want to say is I want to, I want to give a lot of credit to Coach Monty Williams for bringing this Suns team to where they are after finally making his way back to the head coaching ranks in the NBA after his wife's horrific fatal car accident a few years back, and I know it's special for him and CP3 to be reunited on this run. And now for it to be interrupted the way it has been with CP3 entering health and safety protocols, it's it's quite the wrench to throw in the Suns' plan. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, the Western Conference, it's it's really up for grabs right now, no matter who faces off in the Western Conference finals. But over in the Eastern Conference, uh, let's talk quickly about Atlanta and Philly. Uh, because their game ended a little bit ago uh, before we started recording. We kind of postponed uh, what time we recorded until after that game was over so we could talk about it, and then we'll we'll get into Kevin Durant and the generational performance he, he put on last night in, in Game 5 of the Bucks net series. But so the Atlanta Hawks, they won games 1 and 4, and then Philly won games 2 and 3. So it was tied 2-2 heading into game five. In game four, Atlanta needed a big second-half push to come back from being down double digits in game four at home. They end up winning 103-100. to It seemed like Philly was really in control of this series from game two up until the second half of game four. And Trey Young had 25 points and 18 assists in game four. His shot wasn't really falling that well in game four so they they really needed all 18 of his assists he only had two turnovers against the defense that was throwing everything including the kitchen sink at him but I think the biggest issue for Philly in game four was Joel Embiid's knee was clearly impacting how he played in the second half he went 0 for 12 in the second half but then fast forward now to present day for game five Philly came out of the gates on fire at home. They, I mean, as soon as and I so saw... so did Embiid. 
Well, yeah. I mean, as soon as I saw Dr. J and Allen Iverson sitting courtside, I was like, all right, Atlanta's going to be in for a long night. And Philly comes out 10 of 11, and Embiid was 8 of 8 at one point and had 17 first, uh, 17 first quarter points. So they really showed, I think, why they were the number one seed in the East in that first half. But once again, Atlanta was able to mount an incredible comeback in the second half. They take the lead with under two minutes to go. We were watching it right here in the studio, Tyler. Embiid had a chance to bring it to a one-point game with 10 seconds left. He missed both free throws. Atlanta was able to secure the victory and steal game five. They win 109-106 to 106 in Philadelphia. And now the Hawks have a chance to go to the Eastern Conference Finals if they close it out in game six at home. At one point when Atlanta was down, they went to the hack of Ben Simmons method. They went to it when they got down like 22 in the second quarter. Right. Like six minutes left in the second quarter. Right. And so ultimately. Tried to slow the game down. Right. They tried to slow the game down, which is in a sense good because it, it stops Philly from scoring because it's putting Ben Simmons on the line and he ends up shooting it's, it's, four of 14 from the line for the game. Yeah, it's a way but, to like hemorrhage the bleeding. Right, but Atlanta is a, a team that has such a high-powered offense that they need to be able to get out into transition, and I think it, it ultimately ended up working, but it definitely could have backfired. Well, it didn't work in the first half. Like the, they really didn't gain much ground, right? Until and then, the second half, I'm looking at the box score. They, it, shot, they were shooting really bad, but they were getting, they were mucking up the game, and they were slowing it down, and yeah, they were hemorrhaging the bleeding as far as Philadelphia's offense. But they weren't able to get their offensive go, offense going until the second half. Well, and I mean, they they ended up outscoring the 76ers 40 to 19 in the fourth quarter and they used a late 15-0 run to come back. And, I mean, one of the guys that was huge for Atlanta in the second half was Lou Williams. He he only was one of three from the from three-point range, but he was 7-11 from the field, and he was a plus 31 while he was out on the court. So he was making impactful plays, and he was getting timely buckets in that late comeback in the second half. The The Hawks have been so much fun to watch i mean it's just been it's been awesome to see them kind of do this i thought that if mb could even hobble onto the floor they had no chance i i was not and, a, and i didn't know what to half, expect from mb and, and in the first half of this game i didn't think they had a chance i didn't know what to expect from mb mb coming into tonight and he ended up starting the game eight of eight and he had ended with 37 points 13 rebounds and 12 of 20 from the field but he misses the last two yeah. free throws no, to make no, no, it a no. one-point game. Definitely, but, you know, which is tough. But I think that, you know, you hope to – at that point, the game was almost already lost. Like, obviously, yes, he buries those. Maybe they have a chance to hold on and win. But you had the lead. You had the win. The things that got you to the point where you're leaning on Embiid to hit free throws, I think, is where their issue lies. And it's that Ben Simmons is an offensive liability. Can you really make a championship run? Well, and that's the thing. Missed free throws, I think, have been the biggest issue for Philly in this series with the Hawks, where against a team like the Hawks, every point matters because the Hawks are going to just try and outscore you. And with Philly, if Embiid makes the last two free throws at the end of the game and 
if Ben Simmons just goes six for 14 instead of four for 14, Philly wins by one. Yeah. And, and I mean, and there's a lot, I mean, there's a huge effect, butterfly effect to, you know, they can't play that. The Hawks can't use that strategy if he's able to shoot. So you're never really even in this mess. It's like a lot, a lot would change um, with the Sixers if Ben could hit some free throws. Here's another big factor for Philly in the, in this game five, Joel Embiid had 37 points. Seth Curry had 36 points and was 7 of 12 from 3. So Seth Curry did his job. Yep. Tobias Harris, 0 of 3 from 3, 2 of 11 from the field, 4 points. Ben Simmons, 8 points, 2 of 4 from the field. Tobias, though, I'll be honest, like, Tobias, it was not Tobias. Like, the, the style of the game, like, right. they were fouling Ben Simmons before they even got, and B took every shot. This was just a game that Tobias is not going to be a part of. Uh, and as a third option, you're going to have those games sometimes. I don't necessarily think Tobias has played bad. But now, Korkmaz, eight points, two of seven. And now the bench, Dwight, goose egg, uh, Tyrese Maxey, goose egg, Matisse Teibel, six, Shake Melton, uh, five, and then um, George Hill, two points. Yeah. So no contributions whatsoever from anybody really except for Joel Embiid and Seth Curry tonight. But I mean, but those were literally the only guys that the ball was in their hands. It was yeah, it was a weird game. I mean, sometimes that's just going to happen when it's either Ben Simmons or is getting fouled, or Embiid and Curry are getting a shot off. That was really the only three pay- plays that happened. Yeah, it doesn't make it any better. I mean, obviously they should have won that game. Yeah, you're going to question everything. You know, they had a massive lead. I mean, they were up like, well, they were up like. What, they was were up, 22 I, in the second quarter. I saw the score at one point. It was 70 to 44. Yeah. So that's what? 26. You got to win those games. Yeah. Exactly. No, that's the best way to put it. You have to win those yeah, games. You're, you're, they're just not a they're just not a threat to win a title with this kind of basketball team. They may they may get out of this. They may they may beat Atlanta two times in a row because Atlanta can't guard Joel, but yeah, I mean John Collins. You're and just Clint never going to win a championship. No you're going to lose like you're going to lose to a team that's not as good as you because of stuff like that. And then that begins to start the conversation of what happens next with Philly. I don't think Doc would lead, or get fired after this year, but I definitely think the trade talks with Ben Simmons in at least pick back up again yeah you would yeah it's tough i don't know i I find it hard for them to move away from simmons and bead i think they have to pick one but uh well and you got to pick Embiid. but simmons it's like it's yeah i just wonder what he's done to try to combat all this stuff has he seen a sports psychologist obviously he's shooting jumpers in the gym it's like maybe a new setting would help but this dude is a talent. I mean, he can play. Yeah. But his But he's not this, a threat. I was talking about this watching him today. It's like the weirdest attribute of a superstar ever is Ben Simmons' shooting ability. Like it is so weird. The I've guy long doesn't said even, he shoots with the wrong. The hand, guy's not but... a bad the guy's not a bad shooter. He doesn't fucking shoot. He doesn't even shoot. Like, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't have the confidence. He to doesn't shoot. even have the attempts to like say he's a like Your number two option should not be shooting only four shots a game. 
he's literally shooting less three pointers than some guys like huck up half quarters at the end of quarter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Trey Young probably throws up half quarters more often than Ben shoots threes. Yeah, it's 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 Dwight Howard shooting more threes than Ben Simmons. <laughs> I mean, and then that's not even talking about the free throw percentage, which has to be mental. Even if you were shooting with the wrong arm, you know, it's like you've been doing this for years now yeah. at the free throw line. Like, I feel like any average basketball player, if they spent six months shooting free throws with the opposite hand, would still shoot 40, 50%. Yeah, it's, it, I mean, Ben Simmons has just had such a, an, weird a weird career trajectory. It's, well, it's just, it's just a weird skill set. And, and it's like, man, can, like, can this guy actually be a star for a team that wins? Or is he just like this? I mean, he's a really good basketball player. He does a lot of really good things. And he's been an all-star without the ability to shoot. Yeah, it's it's really been remarkable. He's a big guy, but he's not a big guy. He's a guard. He's not really a guard. Like, it's a weird player. Yeah, it's he, he's truly quite the anomaly. But on to another anomaly, Tyler, because Kevin Durant yeah. is quite the, the freak of nature because – yeah, well, career, career, I mean, not a career performance, but. No, I one think of those, it was a career performance. One of those legendary moments in one's career that kind of just like, you know, everyone, everyone had to take a step back last night and think about who, who they really think is the best basketball player on planet Earth right now. Yeah. And you I know, mean, it was such a good performance that people are like, the Kawhi people, the LeBron people, the Giannis people, the Luka people. It doesn't matter who you were. You took a step back last night and be like, is there really somebody better than this right here? Well, and the have, biggest, you, have, have you seen anything this good? The biggest question surrounding Kevin Durant was, were we ever going to see the old KD post Achilles? And last night's performance, Tyler, I mean – yeah. 49 points, 17 rebounds, 10 assists, 3 steals, 2 blocks, 16 of 23 from the field, 4 of 9 from 3, 13 of 16 from the, the free throw line, and he played all 48 minutes. Yep. We've never seen, I don't think, a performance like that from anybody post-Achilles tearing surgery. No. No, but, yeah, I get it. Because, I, you know, you never know if he's going to be – I think we've already seen that he came back from the Achilles pretty well. You know, right. like early sure. on, one of those first couple games, it was like Mike Trudell, the Lakers sideline reporter, said he saw it in the first two preseason games. That's he what was I mean. Out there. He, he and and I do, you know, not to take away from what he did because he is a perimeter player, but he's a seven foot person. You know what I mean? Like, right. He's got a little more. It's a little easier to come back from in, leg injuries. I think when you're not i won't even categorize it like it's just a little easier to come back uh from injuries that'll affect your athleticism when you're a big person you know because yeah. like he didn't necessarily rely on his achilles before yeah. beforehand you know what i mean right. he, he's not he wasn't kobe bryant right or, he, he doesn't have this Irving. explosive power jumping and landing and the dude is tarantula man he's a free slim he's reaper best, easy money sniper one of like, the best one of the best basketball players ever on our 100th episode, I railed through my top 100 players ever, and I had him in the te top 10. Yeah. Um, he really is that good, unstoppable force, whatever you want to say. 
that was a, a Wilt Chamberlain type numbers, just a rememberable night when the chips were down and Harden was, you know, a shell of who he normally is and Kyrie wasn't there. And, you know, they've got, they've got, um, they've got the, you know, the reigning two-time MVP and defensive player of the year in the house. And, well, and the reigning, M- the, the, the back-to-back MVP and defensive player of the year and all of that, but he didn't take on the challenge of guarding Again, KD. though, we talked about this before the I series know, starts. But... It's not his decision. Gary Payton didn't guard Michael Jordan in the finals because of a coaching decision. Was it the right one? You know, when you look back at it, probably not. Boonholzer's made some very questionable decisions over the last and two also, playoffs. And also, like Giannis, man, him putting himself out there saying he's going to guard him, it's he's he's doing giving the people what he wants, but, well, but it's the, honestly not the smart move. Like that's not who he is. But he's yeah. not an on ball. Who does he guard that has anything like Kevin Durant? But here's the thing, Giannis, in my opinion, and this is this is just strictly me. I feel like Giannis is the only player in the NBA that, that has, has the physical ability to the it. physical ability the length the athleticism all that's of that's why everybody wants it but he it's, is supposed like yeah. and they're gonna get it it's coming I mean game six he's gonna be but I, here's I the thing you. with game six Tyler I did not like how Giannis crowned KD after game five as the best player in the world publicly it very much reminded me of Brad Stevens comments about the Nets mm. after the playing game I'm gonna, I did I'm not gonna give like him, that. I'm gonna give him this out. I'm gonna give him this out, and I may be reaching here, but he's not an American. No, what what does this have to do with anything? I think it's his. I think that like an American kid would never use those words because he's give he's like demeaning himself by upping. I think that that was only just his way. Was like this guy's amazing. Like it's he. I don't think it's not the same competition. Like no, but it Giannis has to be is Tyler. It has to be Giannis is comfortable, and he knows what he can you do. You can't give your opponent what that mental edge to, by saying that publicly. But it's only a mental edge if he's afraid. You know what I mean? Like he he may have given something to Durant, but like Durant doesn't. It's like Durant did what he did already. Like the, it can't get much worse than what he already did. Giannis, I don't think when he speaks like that, he's just like. He's got some innocence to him. He, he's kind of a <laughs> he's kind of a nice guy. He's he's like he loves the game of basketball. He's a big fan of a lot of different players. And and I think what he was trying to communicate is how great Kevin Durant really is and that he wants to be there. You know what I mean? He's still well, getting if he better. wants to be there, he's he, got a guard he talks KD. About, he talks about I wanted to, you know, Kobe challenged me to be MVP. I don't want to be a guy that doesn't win a championship. You know what I mean? Like, he talks about these kind of challenges, and I think he just sees Durant as one more of these challenges. Well, if he wants to I be, get what you're saying want- with the mental edge. Like, I think a lot of players, if you hear those words come out of your mouth, but being like this kid that, you know, I don't think that that, like, has any – he's not any less scared of him as he was before he made that comment. I agree with he's that. He's just taking it more – he's just – he's going to be, like – I'm not going to let it be a coaching decision. If I say this to the press and I'm guarding KD, they're going to have a hard time not letting me do it. And I'm taking a risk by doing it. But you got to die on your shield, you know? Well, I know I know Mike Budenholzer will die on his his shield for all the, the decisions he's been making. But, I mean, overall with the series, 
coming into game five, it was tied two to two. Milwaukee did take care of business at home in games three and four. They were able to hold the yeah, Nets. Yeah, which we talked about Milwaukee being dead. And then right. we were like, hey, they could win the two at home, and it's well, a different series. The same thing happened with the Dallas Clippers. and Clippers. And yeah. again with the Jazz this year, yeah. or this round. But, I mean, the Nets, or the Bucks, they were able to hold the Nets to under 100 points in both of those games at home in Milwaukee. And after shooting 19% from three in games one and two, Chris Middleton shot 42% at home. It just it just goes to show you how how slim a margins these championship runs really are. Yeah. I mean, how perfectly everything has to go, you know. And that goes it, to the injury talk we were talking Philly, about earlier. Philadelphia is a quiet three-pointer away from maybe going, you know, Giannis is is a KD 50 points game performance away from going, you know, Russ and KD are one game away from there's been so many moments in NBA where it's like we We're, have these great teams that are so close and just can't go get over the hump and we like tear them apart like why did why can't they get it done when really they are literally just moments away listen to this pretty interesting Phil Jackson quote it takes a number of critical factors to win an NBA championship including the right mix of talent creativity intelligence toughness and of course luck yeah it is Be yeah i mean luck is a huge factor it, you don't want to say it because it's competition and this is the this is the highest level so like you can't have excuses yeah but everything's got to every fall into the right places for it to for it to go well for, for one a, team and it's the same it's the same kind of like idea as making it as a pro you know how many people are talented enough to make it as a pro that don't make it because oh, yeah. of other literally so many things have to go right in your life there are so many neighborhood legends out there that could have made the league in the nfl the nba major league baseball whatever it was well, and just at, one little thing sidetracked their the, journey look at the number one pick in the big three draft isaiah austin yeah you know perfect example like, this kid did everything right um had it had it all and it, it's just like literally luck had a you know? physical during his draft workouts with the team, and they found some heart problem, and yeah. he can never or he couldn't play basketball for a period of time, and recently was cleared to yeah. play competitive basketball again. Yeah. It's everything just has to fall into the right places, yeah. but I think the problem with Milwaukee is, and this this is gonna basically what I'm trying to say is I think the problem with Milwaukee is they don't have a guy and we've talked about it a bunch they don't have a guy who can just go out there and get yeah, a bucket that's why i was not down with the drew hall like i i understand that drew holiday makes him a better basketball player a better basketball team and stuff but i thought the doubling down on middleton and, and drew holiday was the wrong move um because both those guys would be good number threes for Giannis, but really Giannis needs a brad beal or a cj mccollum he needs a guy on the outside that can create and get a bucket for himself. Whereas, like, Drew, they, they invested on um, versatility. Listen and to this. According to StatMuse, when Game 5 was tied 91-91, 11 of the Bucks' last 17 possessions were isolation plays. That's not going to get the job done against the Nets. They don't have a guy on their team that can go get a bucket like that where 11 of the last 17 possessions can be isolation plays. 
Giannis is supposed to be that, but he can't create his own shot. Yeah, yeah. Like you, Giannis's isolation is more built for when you have a lead. Like he's not a guy that's gonna like take you from a tie game and cl- put somebody away or come from behind. You know, he has an isolation game and he is tough to guard on that little just run at the hoop, two steps any direction and finish. He's tough to guard, but when it comes to you know making a push to win a game or come back you need some you need some three point shooting you need some ball handling and and shot creating for others and 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 creating space and all these things well and let's let's be real here playing Giannis's brother Thanasis over Bobby Portis is uh, a pretty glaring decision by by Mike Boonholzer yeah because they lost you know if if they're they they almost won that game they almost did. You know, KD had to do literally everything he had. Played all 48 minutes. Which is somebody we just got done gassing as one of the best players ever. KD, because he deserves those flowers. And he had to do everything he could to beat this team. So that's where it's like, yeah, the Bucks, it's tough. But at the same time, man, you you had you you should have you should have won that game, but literally you ran into something that was just crazy. Well, and one of the things that I think contributed to They didn't lose. KD won. <laughs> you know, like they didn't lose the game. KD went and want, took that game. Yeah, no, KD definitely took that game for himself. But one of the things that I think contributed to KD taking that game for himself was the way that James Harden was used. It was it was questionable uh, on if he was going to play in game five at all. The day before he was ruled out, but then apparently early that morning he had made a push to the training staff and the medical staff and the coaching staff to play and they decided to to give it a go, but he ended up being only one of 10. He played 46 minutes, so he was out there a lot longer than I thought he was going to be based off of the way he was moving and the way he looked. But I think that James Harden being a decoy helped KD play the way he played, yeah. and now with Kyrie being out for game six, James Harden's being available to play in game six, it's it's really coming down to, for me, in picking a winner for this series, especially after the way game five went, is if KD and James Harden are, are really any two of those three are that are out there for the Nets, yeah, the Nets are going to win the series. Yeah, and it was, it, was, it was really surprising to see Harden's role in that game, uh, but it worked and it made sense because, you know, you would think like a guy like Mike James, maybe get like you got two big guns down, maybe you need like a guy that – come in it's kind of a spark plug but but really you wanted kd to like you wanted kd to be your your guy that was creating everything and and so mike james is a creator yeah so really you didn't need mike james you just needed another ball handler on the court and an open and a spot-up shooter where mike james is not necessarily a spot-up guy so but that's harden, what you got harden, joe harris for harden well yeah so harden been on the court you gave durant a ball handler and a spot-up shooter but not a guy that was going to create because he was hurt right um and then you have shamet and you have joe harris you have jeff green you know and blake griffin all these guys spotting up on on the uh, around the arc and I, um, <laughs> and it was the perfect game plan uh it was the perfect game plan to just squeeze everything everything you had out of the guys that you that were healthy and ready to go well, and speaking of of Jeff Green, I, I sent you the the picture of oh yeah KD and Jeff. A lot Green. of Sonics love going on for <laughs> sure. The last two Sonics. I mean, 
they were know, realistically all of Brooklyn's offense in game five for the most part. Yeah. Lot the I remember when those two were drafted. Um remember everything about it. And it was really cool to see them obviously going off the last two Sonics in the NBA ever. Yeah. So all right. The uh the Clippers are currently up on the Jazz eighty three to seventy nine with about three minutes to go in the third quarter. Um Tyler, we're gonna I I just want to do a quick prediction for the rest of the the playoffs real quick before we get out of here, at least for for this round. Are we sticking with the Jazz to win the series? No, I got I got a I got a I've been rolling with the Clippers. Well, you've though. been rolling with the Clippers. I'm gonna go with the Jazz. And and because I'm sitting here, I got the game five score. I think if the Clippers can win game five, they can win one out of two. Just because I especially think, if game I six think, is at home. You know, obviously Donovan Mitchell can go off, but. I think Paul George, Donovan Mitchell, as far as an arms race goes, Paul George has got the ability to to get it done. Paul George got 30 points, 11 of 18, 3 of 6 from 3. Marcus Morris, I like, 20 points. I do like Utah. I think they're a really good basketball team, and I thought they would it'd be a great regular season team as far as just getting a ton of wins, but I just don't know if they are a team to put people away and really make a run at a title. So I'm not sure what's going on with Donovan Mitchell. I I don't know if he's hurt or what, uh, but he is. He's clearly having an off game. He's only got ten points, three of nine from the field. Only played twenty six minutes so far. So, um, I 20, mean, twenty six minutes is is isn't bad though. I mean, no, they were but only he's at thirty four he, played. But he's only got one foul. So. I don't know. Maybe if well, no. I mean, but he's played. He's played. They've only played thirty-two minutes. Oh yeah, I guess you know. he's only sat half. Well, a okay. Either way, he's yeah. he's having an off game. He's not shooting well. Um, he's got the best plus minus though. Minus two. Minus two. No, Jordan Clarkson's got a plus six on oh, the yeah. bench and fifteen Gobert. points off the bench. And Gobert's got zero. Yeah. So but, look. So it really does. It looks like their their second unit must have been where the run was made. Yeah, so Joe Ingles is playing like trash. He's got a negative sixteen. Oof, that's not good. But all right, so I mean, I'll go. I'm gonna go with the Jazz to win that series because of the Kawhi injury. You'll stick with the Clippers. Uh, obviously, the Suns they've moved on. I like um, Brooklyn. I like Brooklyn to win that series. And then, are we sticking with Atlanta? Uh, you know, I'm closing kinda, it out at home. Yeah, I mean, I, I. I picked Atlanta before the season started, but that's or before the series started because that's I thought Embiid was hurt, and then I saw Embiid play it. I was like, well, now the Sixers are going to win. But after winning a game five, I got to go with Atlanta. Yep. So I mean, folks, just make sure to tune in next week to episode two hundred and uh, find out if our predictions uh, from right now were right. Um, but yeah, I mean that that's all I got for for tonight. You got any shout outs before we get out of here? Yeah, uh, we'll try to do this as quickly as possible. But shout out um, Christian Eriksson of Denmark. I was watching a soccer game. I was actually watching this live, which is even more crazy. We talked about it last week. I'm not necessarily a huge soccer guy, but to watch him go down. And yeah, I mean, it's still like it's still kind of just crazy to think about. Um, I thought I thought he had passed on the field and to see that he came came out that he did. Yes. Yeah. They got yeah, him on the yeah, first defib, yeah, yeah. like defibrillator shock, but which yeah. So you know, and so he's had a moment where his heart was, had stopped. He didn't have a pulse, but yeah. 
you know, he's come out now on social media and said he's okay, which is just amazing to me. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they're still playing that tournament, and he's a captain of a, of a great soccer team. So, yeah, shout out to him for recovering and, and still being with us, which is just insane. Yeah, just a, a One a of the truly, craziest thing I've ever seen in life. A truly not, not remarkable, remarkable moment. And by Really by the medical staff. I mean, yeah. like, to get him. And is, as long as the, the blood isn't being pumped to the brain and the brain isn't getting oxygen, if your heart is stopped, it's like who knows what type of damage that can do to someone's body and hopefully – He'll be able to make a full recovery, and maybe one day we will see him back out on the pitch one day. Yep. Um, all right, my shout-out, uh, I got two. Real quick, the Big Three draft was on Monday night for the 2021 season. COVID-19 took away the 2020 season from us, and it was honestly somewhat uncertain if the Big Three was ever going to return because of the pandemic and all of the financial stipulations and strain that put on the business world, but they're back. And some notable names that got drafted on Monday night were one, like Tyler mentioned earlier, Isaiah Austin, Earl Clark, Ronaldo Balkman, Metal World Peace, Jeremy Pargo, Tony Roten, Ryan Hollins, Jordan Hill, uh, Mamadou uh, Nindiaya. I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name. I think it's Nadeji. Nadeji or Mamadou. I'm going to go with that. Mamadou Nadeji. Uh, Jody Meeks uh, was also another notable name drafted in the big three draft so that's four former lakers in that group i just named so um some some notable names to to watch this summer in the big three it's starting on july 10th and it's going to be on triller so the big three and triller have a a deal obviously triller's making moves with the boxing yeah so we'll see what they can do with the big three and then my last shout out is to dodger stadium because it is back to full capacity last night they had over 52,000 fans at their game uh, on last night, Tuesday, June 15th, and it was the largest crowd at a sporting event in the U.S. since 2019. Crazy. We're back. Yeah, we're back, except it's over. Chris Paul has COVID. So Yeah, yeah Chris Paul is, is not back. <laughs> Callie's back. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, I mean. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I just can't get over how much of a massacre was on my Twitter timeline this morning because of all the NBA news. Yeah. Just no, it's and, and I mean it's been a big sports day the last couple of days in general. Yeah, a lot of lot of stuff going on. Injuries, fires, performances. Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll being seen together uh, in the same place at the same time. Yeah, classic meme classic <laughs> meme picture with John Snyder kind of bombing the picture too. I def I definitely made sure to let you know that you were right the whole time about there not really being a, a yeah. big deal in Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. I think that if you if you listen to the 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 interview where it all started stemmed from and you pay attention to the lack of comments from Pete and John, it makes sense. I should have had more confidence in you. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's tough because you get these kind of quotes taken out of context that so often, you know, if you hear it in context and you see kind of the body language and stuff, sometimes quotes don't tell the whole story. Yeah. But all right. With that, that wraps up this episode of the Sports Kingdom show. Be sure to tune in next week for episode 200. I can't believe we... uh we've made it to 200 tyler yeah i mean that's just that's a crazy accomplishment two century um 
Yeah, man, 200. That's wild. It so, sounds like such a huge number. Yes, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it. Like, so. I mean, I know 100 was a lot, but literally every episode after this is just, just going to sound crazy. Yeah, 200. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, we're just we're just trying to catch trying to catch up to Joe Rogan, you know, working our way up there. We're getting there. We're getting there. So, all right, with that, that wraps up this episode of the Sports Kingdom show. For Tyler Pacholke, I am Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show, number 200 next week. Peace.